Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, Rich Polly, and joining me, I'm afraid it's just the Muppet Show today, so we've got Miss Piggy, Liam Baker. Oi, I've got feelings, you know. No, you haven't. Yeah, it's true. Anyway. No one cares if you said though. No, that's true. And also joining us, it's Gonzo, Ben Hibbert. <laughs> I can't remember what Gonzo says. <laughs> he blue and has a big nose, and that's not you, but I couldn't think what it's the bald t- one was t- called. He's an alien. Bunsen, Baker, Baker, Bunsen, one of them. <laughs> the clever guys, I'm okay with that. Yeah, the one with the glasses who always fails to do science. <laughs> All I'm up at stands behind him going, me, 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 me. I like the one who says, wacka, wacka. Oh, Fuzzy Bear. Yeah, he got me out of swearing in front of the child before. <laughs> You're about to swear and you just shouted wacka wacka instead. No, no, I did swear. <laughs> but she thought I said something else. Oh. I was driving and I called someone something like a wacka wacka. <laughs> right. I won't say what it is because then Tim will have to beep it out. <laughs> that, yeah. that can be the it, new one. <laughs> Tim has just it. Tim has just pointed out that Liam and Ben are Bunton and Baker. So <laughs> <laughs> Liam's not as thin as that guy. <laughs> He's also not that ginger. <laughs> He's that ugly, though. <laughs> oof, oof. Anyway, the only reason I said that was because um, Dan Athy asked me. I'm, I'm playing him after this on TTS, and he asked me, "Oh, who's is there anyone on the show tonight?" I said, "Oh, just the Muppet Show." So <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought I would bring it in. You know, Could be the, the Swedish chefs. Quite fun. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tim's Kermit the Frog. He's in the background just getting stressed. <laughs> what? You're that boring Rich, bald American the, eagle. The, <laughs> <laughs> the what? The boring bald American eagle thing who's dead like <laughs> dead sensible all the time. <laughs> right, anyway, we've got unless, some exciting stuff to Unless talk you've about. had three stubbies and then you get a bit crazy. Yeah, um, we've got some American X-wing stuff to talk about. Talking about crazy, um, so um, there was an event this weekend, um, the PAX Unplugged X-wing Championship. So, I think that PAX is the Penny Arcade Expo. Um, so, the Penny Arcade web cartoon that was going since I read web cartoons back when I was a boy. I think it's still going. Tycho and Gabe, and they set up a couple of conventions, the PAX video gaming convention, and then PAX Unplugged for board games. It's now turned into kind of a big con. Um, you big nerd. I'm impressed you knew that. Well, there you go. I hope um, you didn't just Google it. No, I didn't. It's probably not true, so please don't Google it. <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, they've they've started running X-Wing events over the last couple of um, years. Well, you know, COVID hiatus notwithstanding. Um now, I don't believe that this was an official world's qualifier, but I heard a rumor, I heard a rumor that the um, the community have, or the organizers of PAX have funded flights for somebody to go to Minnesota, not Minnesota, I, Chicago. I also heard that. Com. I've heard that as well. Um, so it's not an official um, AMG, but there was a whole bunch of prize support the community pulled together to do it um and there was a whole bunch of other stuff and by the looks of the lists everything was legal so they've got um hot shots lists they've got battle of yavin lists they've not got coruscant lists but yeah 
could you imagine if they're like, yeah, we've pulled together, but we're not going to the winner. It's just going to whichever person's our favourite. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it to Paul Heaver because he came second. So let's do it. He didn't. But, he got knocked out in the top eight. Oh, he got knocked out in top eight. So anyway, it was a bit of a serious field. Um, they had sixty players and a cut to eight. Um, and we say a bit of a serious field. There's a, a few recognisable names towards the the top half of the of the event. Um, but it was won uh, by drum roll, please, everybody, prepare yourself. Phil Karash, flying defender Vader, finally. He's Finally, something. The Rock has come back to the WWF. Finally, he's won something. It's like Ash finally becoming a Pokemon champion in season 17 of the Alola region or something. Finally. Yeah, they said he's going to of... retire him as well. How disgusting is that? <laughs> I'm totally not watching it. What, Pokemon? Yeah, never again if Ash goes. Oh, I mean, take somebody. that with a grain of salt, but I haven't <laughs> watched it. <laughs> He's been 10 for 25 years. He'll, he'll be all right for a few know. years. How yet. lucky is he? Never paid <laughs> rent. He doesn't have to wash his own clothes. Doesn't eat. Just sleeps outside. He's basically <laughs> a hobo. <laughs> He's fine. Basically Jesus. Gets stuff for free. Occasionally phones his mum. <laughs> He's got a Go Henry card or something. Or like an Amex Black. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a Mr. Mime stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know Ash's stepdad is Professor Oak. <laughs> Professor mm. Oak wishes he was his stepdad. Is this where we get into the, the weird things that you can make up in your head as an adult watching children's TV shows? Whatever you like, do to get through the day, what Rich. Call so him, you, um, uh, what was it? With Farman Sam, Naughty Norman Price is Farman Sam's secret love child with Dillis because... He's the only other ginger, ginger person in Ponty Pandy. And Norman Price is constantly being naughty and doing things that mean that he has to, Farmer Sam has to come and rescue him. And it's just a cry for help. He just wants time with his dad, who won't acknowledge that he's his father, basically. And Dillis does keep throwing herself at, at single men as well. So, yeah, it's, it's all a bit weird. Um, anyway. <laughs> For a naughty Norman Price. Anyway, so the I event was just kill him and call it a day. <laughs> just one one of those times, let him fall off a sheep ledge yeah. or something. Just throw him off. Oops, <laughs> we missed him. Oh no! Oh, no the harness snapped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, back to Phil. <laughs> back to Phil Karash. Back to Phil Karash and his Defender Vader list. So with Defender Vader, Malastuk, heavy laser cannon. He had Vizier with Palpatine given Vader that palp force uh, to spend on defence. Um, he's got Iden Versio with the Lucifer and an Ion Cannon to spend his points and two Black Squadron Aces. So three ties, a Reaper, and Vader and a Defender. Um, all right, Phil finished fourth in Swiss and first in cut. And I think, let's see if I find his record, was four in one in Swiss. Um, so he did lose a game. Um, but whatever he made cut, he got through. So well done to him. Um, to find out this information these days, isn't it? It, it yeah, it's getting harder. Um, so Phil, I can tell you because Longshanks has a little flag function that he's from Virginia in the United States of America. Uh, second place was uh, Phil Schmidt, who is a member of the Resistance Tank Resistance Fortress thing. Uh, 
flying Ray, um, heroic Ray with the usual trimmings. So what you're saying is he's a bad person. Yeah, but um, <laughs> so I mean, this is this is actually an interesting thing because this is uh, leaning into the new points. So he's got heroic Ray and uh, Flyboy Poe with kind of the expected upgrades like proton torpedoes and overdrive thruster and so on. Um, but then he's rounded out the list. So he spent 15 points there. He's rounded out the list with five points, a three-point A-wing, Roby Tice, who is I-4, I think. What's he uh, do? Uh, he gives a deplete token to somebody after they shoot if they modify their dice. Um, okay. so How many points is it? He's a three-pointer. Yeah, he's got four points of loadout. He's got starboard slash and ferrosphere paint on there, but you can put heroic and something for two points on. Is that one where you go through them, you give them a strain or something? Yeah, starboard slash, you you may choose to. If you end up in their arc, then you get a strain as well yourself. Um, But it's a choice, it's a may trigger that you always forget anyway. And then (laughs) um, he's got BB-8 in a pod with Chewbacca on board. So Chewbacca, when somebody takes a damage card, probably Ray. Um, takes a damage card, he activates and he gives BB a free focused crit mod. Um, so, little four ship list. Um, he's gone down at the final table. So, well done to Phil. Um, but yeah, back to um, other Phil. Oh, it's a Phil v Phil off in the on the final table. That'll look a bit confusing. <laughs> I mean, what what do you think? Um, I mean, it's... we we know that Vader Defender is a solid piece, oh, but he's not. <laughs> You want to talk about the other one? I thought we were talking about the resistance one. I mean, we can talk about I both of them. Because ne- I don't mind, mate. Well, neither of these lists, and talk about whichever one you want, but neither of these lists are the kind of lists that I would expect to see in the top table of a 60-person kind of premier level event. Um, I guess that, that Vader, though, um, it's a similar list we've seen do well otherwise, just with a different Vader. And um, the Americans do seem to favour Vader Defender. Yeah, there's been a lot of rhetoric coming out of certain noisy Americans about how Vader Defender is the best ship in the game. And if only we would all stop winning games against it, then it would win every event. Um, (laughs) He said slightly sarcastically. Um, I mean, I've not heard a lot of that for a while. It kind of quieted down for about the last six or eight months because it just kept not happening um, everywhere. And other Vader, seven-point build-it-yourself Vader, was being a lot more successful in a, a wider variety of lists. Um, I mean, this list is probably just better with that other Vader, though. Yeah, in, I mean, where do you spend your extra point? You you break one of your Black Squadron aces into a different... Because Vader Defender's nine, is he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's nine points. So pattern analyzer x1 vader is seven so that gives you two points you can upgrade your black squadron aces to three pointers or you can do something entirely different i mean vizier with palp is a strong piece but you know we know that i guess if you if you change to the other vader you probably don't need vizier yeah you could take um fair off with seventh sister and do tractor beaming shenanigans on people um, I think I'm going to give Defender Vader another go. Oh, great. I'll just remember not to play you tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm, I'm not playing Imperials tomorrow. I've been playing a lot of Imperials. Yeah. Defender um, Vader is awesome. It allows you to use everything you bring, such as damage cards <laughs> and crit tokens. I mean, 
as far as like when I've played against Defender Vader, he's either an absolute all-star menace that is unkillable, or you evaporate him in three turns of shooting because he blanks out and his one evade can't rescue him enough. You know, he eats torps and he eats yeah. them, or he just dodges them completely. Um, he doesn't take one or two damage; he takes all of it or none of it. Basically, is the seems to be the logic. And I suppose when other when players play him, you get a lot of well, they're obviously going to four K him to there, so it doesn't matter that he's moving at six. You know, he's going to four K and then either token up or boost because those are his choices. So you just yeah. position your ships so that. He can't do something about it, or you're going to be shooting him three times, or you just ignore him. You know, you, you accept that he's going to do three hits into one of your ships. One of your ships is going to lose a couple of health because Vader shot at it. And you either trade back with all of your ships shooting at Vader, or you ignore him, chase objectives, and shoot the other ships instead. Um, I mean, I, I found out from Phil Schmidt that he had, with that Ray Polist, by the way, three roll offs over the course of the event. Um, so they didn't have draws at packs. So if you were oh, drawing right. at the end of time, yeah, at the end of time, at time, <laughs> if you're drawing at the end of time, never mind, it's fine. <laughs> Just chill out. It's probably you know going to be okay. Uh, but um, when time was called on three of his games, they were even on points. So was this in the cut or? Um, I can't remember because I could I can see why you wouldn't have a draw in the cut. Um, yeah, no, I think it was through the. Day. I'll check. I'll see if I can find it. But I mean, yeah, I, I had think a lot we've of all blocks. we've all said it here that we don't actually like the draws anyway. High draws. Yeah, uh, it's you might. It's just basically a loss for everyone. So half the time you're better off just doing a cheeky reroll between the two of you, and at least one of you still got more of a chance. Yeah. Um. Just having a look at it, a uh, couple of the roll-offs were um, were in Swiss, so they were doing roll-offs in Swiss. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Cause, Are you saying um, that they made up rules? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Did someone whinge about making up rules? Uh, I mean, it was Daryl when he was reffing things. He got very cross about people <laughs> making up rules. When when we played the last Sith Taker Open to the published rules as they were published, um, mm. we we took some flack from across the pond for not using the made up rules that were in circulation at the time. But um, yeah, we we're did. Gonna, we're going to play the new Sith Taker Open to the published rules, whatever they are at the time. So um, we were very open and communicated it clearly with the player base that we were going to be using the rules as they stood. Um, which meant that we got an awful lot of players who turned up to play because they wanted the last hurrah of 2.0 rather than the 2.5-ish thing that was uh, was rolling around at the time. Um, so but this time around, we're playing 2.6, whatever we're calling it, <laughs> 2.7 by the time it comes around, maybe. Who knows? Um, so we'll, we'll just have a quick chat at, about the, um, the other lists that kind of made top four. So... Um, Jeremy Chambly, who's a guy who's previously, um, many years ago, about five, six years ago, was the system open, was a system open winner. And then he went and won Coruscant when FFG used to invite like eight people to I don't know, Atlantic City for hot dog, uh, hot tubs and hookers and 
one game of X-Wing kind of, it was like, I don't know, it was a bit of like a Champions League sort of thing. Um, but it was like an eight-person playoff and, and Jeremy won that. Um, he won in, he, he sorry, he got um, top of Swiss. So he went undefeated in Swiss and then he got knocked out in top four um, using Battle of Yavin Vader. This, is, this interests me. Um, he also had flight leader Ubble. You can do the joke, Ben. No, I'm not doing it ever again now because you didn't let me claim it when I had the chance. All right. Um, Then Backstabber, Mauler, both the Battle of Yavin versions and a Black Squadron Ace. Um, Probably not the Battle of Yavin version, a two-point filler. I just don't think he could be bothered bringing a lot of cards with him. (laughs) It's possible. I mean, Ubble's an interesting choice because he he gets the, 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 the... Ubble tap there, I've done it now. Um, when other <laughs> cards take damage, everybody's got afterburners that matter. So, backstabber and mauler have got afterburners, they've got four health. He's got predators and crack shots as well. Um, I don't like this Vader because while afterburners is amazing and hate is amazing and marksmanship is amazing, his ship ability is the same as Vader defender ship ability, Similar. which means without the downside. Yeah. yeah, without the downside, he can still spend his force on defense. But because he's in an X1, he wants to be taking his action to lock so that he gets his advanced targeting computer, um, which means that he can't then take other actions. So he can't benefit from all of the jam that the other ability goes through. So, um, yeah, it's it just feels a bit odd. It feels a bit odd, but obviously Jeremy's made it work. Um, I don't understand it, but then you know, well, you say you say he made it work, but he didn't win. I mean, he went five and zero oh on day one and won a couple of cut games, so he's done oh, all right. So he won then. I mean, Liam, would you say that your Django whatever list that you were using when you went to top four that you made that work, even though you oh, didn't no, at the I, event itself? I just say it's wholesome. Okay, <laughs> so I mean. He's made this work because he's not going to win five with it and crashed out is what I'm what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just pulling your chain. Okay. Um, and I'll try and not make us get into a beef battle with the um, East Coast Americans. They're they're a bit close for my liking. Um, you had a nibble, have... not a full bite, which you'll is have more to... than a point. <laughs> you'll have to fly. You'll have to fly over them on your way to Worlds, mate. Just be careful. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not I going hope, to I hope they all get him and gang up on him when he's there. Oh, yeah. They're going to gang up on you. They're all going to go. Or you're going to be their best mate because you'll, you'll so do I'll quite just... well. So they'll try and be friends with you. I'll have a brief walk. They won't keep up. <laughs> Your extended legs. <laughs> like, yep. like Inspector Gadget. Just off he goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was another um, very. Uh, I say very similar list, and it is a very similar list um, to the the list that won actually that also came um, in top four was Sam Page. So he has Yavin Vader. He's also got Yavin Backstabber and Yavin Mauler, but he's taken Captain Feroff there instead of Ubble in a with Seventh Sister and a Reaper, and Iden Versio as his third tie. So he's split the points out differently. Um, after his three Yavin ships. So Ferroth plus Seventh Sister is great for enabling those two dice guns because you can tractor beam somebody and reduce their agility. And then Iden Versio obviously is keeping basically those ties alive, that horrible little joisting block that they're creating. So, um, yeah. I wonder if they fly like Vader 
smaller backstabber altogether. What, like in the film? Like yeah, they should? Like, uh, yeah, I wonder if it's actually that's what they've been doing. Um, I don't know, because you'd, you'd almost then be wanting to flank with the Reaper, but the Reaper wants to come in. No, I guess I, you fly the almost... ties together, don't you? Yeah, you fly the three ties together and then Vader off to one side and Faroff probably off to the other. Because um, you can always leverage Vader's afterburners to burn in and take your lock um, so that you can start to pump damage into people. Well, I think Sam Page is one of the co-hosts of yet another Squadron, yet another X-Wing podcast. Ah. Yaks P. Yeah. That one. Cool. Well, well done to Sam for top four. I know the Americans don't listen to our podcast. I say the Americans, like they're a homogenous group of people. Um, just a country. We get some Canadians. Oh, we've got people from all over the place listening to this nonsense. It constantly amazes me. Um, so, anyway, well done to Jeremy. Well done to Sam for top four. Top eight. Um, we had, here's one for you. Um, former three times world champion, has held it for less years combined than Pocknell, but has actually won it three times. Um, <laughs> Paul Heaver, he came. 1.0. Uh, <laughs> 1.0, yeah. He came second in uh, Swiss. Uh, he went 4 1 in Swiss, and then he, he went out in the first round, or sorry, the second round of cut, because it was a round of 12. Um, find General Grievous with the usual trimmings, Dirge with proton cannons. Contraband cybernetics, engine upgrade, and Xanadu blood, whatever the title. Um, DIS T81 without maneuver afterburners and contingency protocol. Uh, so, this T81 is one of the tri fighters, isn't he? Out maneuver afterburners and contingency protocol. Liam? Uh, that's where, if you're destroyed, each ship with network calculations at range 0 to 3 can take an action. Now, I know what contingency protocol is. Is Diz twenty two eighty one or whatever his name is? Is he the tri fighter? He's a tri fighter. The way to remember it is DFS, which is a droid fighter. F DBS droid bomber hyena. DIS droid interceptor, and then DGS droid gunship HMP. Yeah. Nerd. I'm quite impressed. Go. I've never figured that out though. Um, I'm sorry so, it took me so long to answer the actual question. <laughs> I am currently playing Pokemon Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> nice that you've got focus. Um, such a millennial. So while so this T81 is hey, while you depend on millennials over here, boomer. <laughs> Very much not a boomer. Just a few years too young to be a boomer. So while you defend or perform an attack, you can spend a calculate token from a friendly ship in the enemy ship's firing arc to change the focus to an evade or a hit. So he steals other people's tokens as well as using network calculations. So he gets doubles. It's double bubbles. So on his calc on his uh, network calcs. So good job. Um, so he's a I four. Um, he probably just evades all the time, and then somebody else feeds him tokens. And he's got Dooku. With malice, roiling anger, and scimitar. So that's the Coruscant. Oh, actually, that's the Coruscant Dooku, isn't it? It's Coruscant Dooku, yeah, yeah. six points. So they have got Coruscant stuff in there. That's interesting. The IS T81 is as well. Yeah, if it's yeah. got con- contingency protocol, it'll. Uh... Yeah, I think you make a good point. They probably just didn't want to put all the cards out, so they just brought. I mean, I, I could things. see them doing that. Yeah. And the fact that, jokes aside, they're all good players. So yeah. they can just 
you know, make the right decisions. Maybe they are like um, not quite as good pilots, but if they make good decisions, mm-hmm. the, the worst cards are still going to do well. Yeah, true. Um, other top eight, Paul Braggins, um, flying five ship resistance. So uh, three X wings, Xavier Shield, the new four pointer, Hem and Wexley. I don't know which one that is. I can't tell by looking at it. And yeah, num. It's probably boosty snap, not flappy snap. Well, it could be flappy snap. Whenever it um, comes to resistance, I just wait for you to tell me what they are. <laughs> Jared Yeager in the fireball and Merle Cobbin uh, in the A wing. So Merle's a three point A wing. Zay's four points. Nyen is five, so that's nine. Twelve. Jared's three, so Temen's five. So that's the boosty snap version of Temen. <clears throat> he just figures it out. I so, don't know why I have such a well, not a distaste, but I just got no interest in resistance stuff for some reason. I uh, always buy it, but I just never, never play it. <laughs> Honestly, my issue with the factions like that, it's, do you know all those kids' films where they're really struggling to do anything and then they realise the power of friendship and they win everything and they're all heroes? It makes me sick and feel violent. Fair enough. I can't deal with it. It's too you can't cringy. deal with you can't deal with love. No. The power of heart, friendship, Captain Planet. It's been going oh, on God. since before you were born. It'll oh, never stop. Have you seen the Don Cheadle sketch of that? I haven't. It's, it's amazing. Probably, it's probably not content appropriate for this podcast, though, is it? Uh, yes. I'm gonna say no and move on quickly. Um, so well done to um, the Brett Freeman uh, Republic, also made top eight um, with, uh, this is an interesting one, Anakin Skywalker outmaneuvering R7A7. Um, is that a, is that the Coruscant Anakin Skywalker and the Etta? I don't know. Um, Anakin. Siege of Coruscant. No, he's malice, ancillary iron weapons, and something else. So he must have been a proper one, uh, one of them. Uh, oh, so a proper knows, one. Who knows what he's put on? Who knows what he's put on? Um, but anyway, he's got Anakin Skywalker without maneuvering R seven A seven. He's got Obi Wan Kenobi with Predator and a shield upgrade. Um, Adi Gallia. So that's the new. Um, Delta 7 with Patience Predator Chopper, uh, so that's solid. And then click with R3 Precision Iron Engines and the ESC title, so I'm going to assume that that's Siege of Coruscant click because otherwise why would you take the ESK title? <laughs> uh, fair enough. All right, and then the last one to make uh, top eight was Chris Allen, who is one of the people from Carolina, South Carolina, Carolina Crates. He's taken the exact same list as Jeremy Chambly. Um So he's got Ubble, uh, Yavin Vader, Yavin Molar Mythil, and Backstabber, and then a Black Squadron Ace to round it out. Um, so uh maybe i was no i was going to say maybe slightly different upgrades on Ubble, i was but just I, trying to look if it was different so. it looks no, very similar yeah, he's uh seems to have spent points on electronic baffle instead of nothing chambly's left unspent points according to this but that probably just means that he didn't put them on his list or something um 
Okay, there you go. There were some people who made a round of 12, um, but we're not going to go through all of them. But yeah, so well done to those guys. Um, I find it interesting that um, Battle of Yavin Siege of Coruscant stuff has done well. Um, what do you think is the reason why? Do you think it is, as you said before, there are good players making good decisions, and was the rest of the field a bit weaker? Or was the know. rest of the field quite good? And these are just really strong cards. Who knows? I like that there's someone just called Other Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, because like Tim Hilton, he's a good player. Yeah, there's there's names here that I vaguely recognise from other events. Ken Cho. Yeah. Just giving through a few that I recognise. A few down the bottom half of the table. Well, yeah, but I, you know, usually I'd expect them to be doing better. Yeah, I only recognise six names and four of them are in the top eight, so... You know, I guess. Like I said, they're not they're not bad cards. Yeah. And maybe they just decided they were all gonna try them out and see how they went. Yeah. I mean Honestly, they, they just... uh, go on. No, you I go. was gonna say I think the Battle of Yavin pack and the Siege of Coruscant packs have got so much value in them. I mean you get a stronger ship in theory at a cheaper price. I mean, yeah. just look at the Siege of Coruscant because that's my best point of reference going by what I know of the game anyway, but I would take those tri-fighters over any tri-fire I can put together. Yeah. And that Dooku is ridiculous at six points. I mean, I would struggle to use him because I struggled with the standard infiltrator, but there's a lot of value in there and I think it allows good choices, good options, I should say, when it comes to a list-building element. They can just slot right in. You've got nothing to worry about. I think this is one of the things that Paul Haver has been known about in the past. Like, he's one of those players who calls the meta very well and builds a list that is good into the meta. I find it interesting that scrolling down, basically, there are four ship lists. There's a there's a, a three ship list. Pete Lambro got in with um, two fire sprays and and Kanan. Um, into, Pete Lambro. Um, Pete Lambro, yeah. Yeah, that's the actual host of the yet another X Wing podcast as well. Cool. So he got he got Bob Akoshka Kanan through to through to cut. Everybody else is four or five ship lists. And then you've got to go down to fifteenth uh for another um three ship Kanan, um, which is Boba Rook Kanan. Um and then, but yeah, the, the the meta has very, very firmly settled in four and five ships. A few people are doing okay with three, but um, I think objectives basically are forcing people's hands into uh, in, into using more ships rather than less. Interestingly, now looking at nine, first order at all. Yeah, looking at Jason Mitchell, who didn't have the best of days. He won three games, I think. Um, He's got three points. I don't know what that equates to, but um, Jason one win. Oh, not McKayley. Jason McKayley flew Ray, typical Ray Lando, new Lando with Trickshot, Corsella, C3PO, and False Transponder codes, and Zay Versio with a four point T70 as a three ship list. So that's a sh- that's a list that just doesn't need actions because it's got all the actions in the world for free um, from Lando. Um, and yeah, no Agent Tierney, which was one of the things that we thought was going to be awful. 
I, I don't necessarily oh. think it's going to be very good. Um, I just think it's going to make people sad. I would say no agent Tierney. There were two instances of it. One finished in 28th and one finished in 42nd. And it was Ken Cho, who you mentioned earlier, <laughs> who had it. Uh, so there you go. Right. Well, that's PAX. So, Liam, have you got a question for us today? Hang on. I did. I forgot it. Can you give me like a couple of minutes to because I okay. wrote it down on my phone? Okay. Ben, have you got a question for us today? No, I haven't. I mean, I can do quickly if you want. You can do. Right. What are you flying at the minute, Ben? Nothing. That's the problem. I haven't played for two weeks because I've been on holiday. (laughs) Oh, how was it? How was was Lapland? Well, all I can say is me and Santa are now besties. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like proper besties. Give me a snuggle time. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm guessing that Willow is now. And Willow cares about her. Because Willow's all about me. I'm I'm happy that you didn't fall into a snowdrift that's you know twice your height. You know <laughs> anything over eight inches puts you in real mortal peril. <laughs> I was like, oh no, we can't get out. Emma, help me get the ski. No, it, it was amazing. Awesome. Worth every penny. I'd go again. Awesome, fantastic. We went to uh, a farm on the outskirts of Manchester, and and uh, it was lovely. It was it, not nowhere near as lovely as as you would have had in in Lapland, but. Um, Cockfields Farm, they make yeah, a lovely, yeah. lovely deal. Um, the kids love it. So yeah, it's great there. Yeah, it's fantastic. We went on Sunday and I was battling through a headache and general grumpiness and still <laughs> managed to come out feeling festive. But you know, we we discovered how you feel festive when they're in the UK, which is that you start being cold and realise everything's expensive, and that's how you know it's nearly Christmas. <laughs> it's like, I'm cold and I can't afford anything. Well, you know, it's a shame you didn't get talking to the guy who was doing the Santa there because he makes um, uh, Star Wars droids. I talked to him no. quite a lot, but he was in character as Santa. Yeah, did he not break out? Ho, ho, ho. Hold on. Um, what, please explain to me what is this? What? He makes droids. Yeah, it's like a hobby, so he builds like all droids. He showed me pictures of them and everything. It was cool. I, have, I had a Star Wars hat on. Um, but yeah, but I'm sad that they don't have them just knocking around the farm, because that would be great. They might do another time. <laughs> They'll have an very... Star Wars day. <laughs> yeah, he was very good. <laughs> They've done dinosaurs and all sorts of things, and monsters, yeah, yeah. Stuff, so they, done... could, they could do it. Uh, we went to Halloween there as well. That was good. Yeah, it's lovely. Not cheap, but worth it. Yeah, it's a good day out. How long did it take you to get there? That's like half an hour's drive. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's all right. Anyway, right, Liam, you. you're back. I'm back in the room. Okay. I'll say, if you do ever go see Santa, just remember that, that everything's expensive, especially alcohol. <laughs> Finland, I paid, yeah, alcohol I paid, is expensive in Finland, yeah, isn't it? Twenty-five pounds for a double whiskey. Wow. <laughs> I think I think that's why when the the Tula Squadron guys were saying that they all um, basically brew their own alcohol in Iceland because it's very very similar. Um, alcohol yeah. so expensive to buy it that everybody just brews their own. Um, you can't well, go just... to a pub for drinks. You, you know, it's it's not just a dumb thing. You want beer, yeah. you brew beer, and you drink beer in your house with your mates, sort of thing. Uh, I really want to go to Iceland. Yeah, I really want to go to loads of countries. 
that aren't yeah, no. places have already been. <laughs> I've got a big old just, list of um, places I want to go to. I just noticed Paul Heaver also actually went undefeated with that um, separatist list. Yeah. So here's a question. How I really many fancy of those, many of those wins were freebies? Because they realised <laughs> they were playing against three times world champion Paul Heaver. But Pocknell has said it's a real thing. He, he either gets a free, he gets a couple of freebies per tournament from people who just panic and try and bring their A game and end up overthinking everything and doing stupid stuff. And then he no, gets a couple of really engage. hard games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he gets a couple of really, really difficult games where people bring their absolute A game uh, because it's him and they play better against him than they would against anybody else. So it probably evens out <laughs> in the long run. So Liam, have you a question for us? Have you found it? I've so I want you to think of all the ships that are in X Wing at the moment. Okay. And the ships that you know that exist in Star Wars. Star of Viper. Okay, that's still technically in the game. There are stats, <laughs> it's just extended. But I want you to pick a ship that you've seen in any of the Star Wars media uh, content. And I want a stat line for it. I also want to know why you're picking that ship. The Vault Cobra, because it's cool as hell. One that's not in the game already. It's not currently in the game. Right. I mean, I love Vault. the movies. Go on, you go, you go, Ben, while I think. I've got the Vault Cobra. It's the Sansa, uh, what's she called? She's like Han Solo's fake wife or something. She's in the Afro comics a lot, but she's got like this Vault Cobra. It kind of looks like the Millennium Falcon a little bit. Um, is it Vault is in V-O-L-T? Yeah. Hold on, I found it. Star Wars. Oh, right, okay, that's hideous. What's no, that? no, that's that amazing. Have? I've got, Jason did me a version of this, so I've kind of already got it. <laughs> I just think it's... What? It's good. What, what's it's that one, would you give it? It's a freighter, isn't it? I think... I think it has to be similar to the Falcon in three attack dice, one defense dice. But I reckon it should have like less hull, maybe similar shields. Maybe just a front and a back arc or something. Just to sort of differentiate it a little bit from the, the Falcon. What about you, Rich? What about me? So, yeah. the ship that I... Can I do two? <laughs> no, don't. Right. So the ship that is kind of already in the game but isn't in the game yet is Mando's N1 Starfighter. Okay. I'd like that to go in, but the thing that I said for a while that the N1 Starfighters are missing is a modification slot. So I reckon that when this it's three dice, in, when this drops <laughs> in, it's going to have three dice. It's going to have. Slam, which we all know it's going to have anyway. It's going to have illicit slots out the wazoo. It's going to have loadout for days, and it's going to have a crew slot, but it's going to only be able to equip the child, probably, um, in that crew slot. Like It's going to be a constrained thing because of his little port that he's got. He won't have Astromex. He won't That's have... a well good idea. I like yeah. that. Something like that, but I think that it'll be not 3-2. I think it'll be like... Uh, like a four three or something, and it'll still have full throttle um, and everything like that, and it'll be very very different. I think it'll be more like it. will play more like an X wing. Um, 
but yeah, um, that one. Um, and the other one is the snow speaker. Like a chunky model of him. Yeah. Like a, a big chunky N1 that yeah. just different and chunkier and weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the snow speeder from Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, because why not? Um, <laughs> loads of other atmospheric only craft like um, strikers and reapers and stuff are in already. So why not include the atmospheric only um, snow speeders that have turned up in a few things now? They turn up in Resistance. They turn up in obviously Empire. They turn up randomly in other places every so often, um, and I can see them being little, um, fairly cheap. Uh, for rebels, like giving them an option that's in and around the same place as the Z95s, but a little bit more interesting, maybe more of an interceptor dial, and then some kind of cool mechanic to like simulate the tow ropes. So, like maybe a tractor beam mechanic or something that simulates the tow ropes, or like limits the dial choices or something like that. You know, if the ship makes an attack and hits you, then you know you can only do a one-speed maneuver or something, or a two-speed maneuver. Like so, you know where they're going to be. Like harpoons. Yeah, but not harpoons because they were stupid. (laughs) No, Um, more like just a TLT laser or something. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Or or here's here's one for you. Here's one for you, Liam. Stat the Clyde cars from Clyde City. On hull. On hull. No guns. (laughs) Just like the old hawk. Remember the old hawk had a one attack dice. Oh, it did, didn't it? Yeah, it would have to have it some really? guns because yeah, yeah, yeah. the Falcon was afraid of them when they flew them in. And Luke was like escorted in, and he was like paying attention because obviously they were, they must have had guns. So, but they do have guns because I remember playing Battlefront Two on Bespin, and you could take a cloud car. <laughs> you could. What would you choose? I would pick a D five Mantis. Although it's way too big. So it'd have to be an epic ship. Or they could scale it down to make it look like a Razor Crest. But I've put, thrown a couple of pictures in the in the chat. But I think it is one of the best looking Star Wars ships I've ever seen. Mm. It's absolutely fantastic. It'd have to have a, probably three red. Two green being hopeful, but it'd have to be one. I don't like yeah. it. I'd give it an eight and four spread. I don't like that stupid bit poking out the bottom. That's an engine and it folds up when it lands. Yeah, I don't like it. Do you know the other ship that hasn't turned up yet that might turn up is that weird shuttle that Anakin Skywalker flies around in Clone Wars with the one wing out the side and the stabilizing fin underneath it? Oh, uh, Tim's also thrown some input in there. The modified Fondor Hallcraft. Which is Luthan ship from Andor. Oh yeah. Which I will say I don't know if anyone Spoilers. Yeah, this Spoilers. is a spoiler. So I'll give you five seconds to pause it. No, just don't whatever. you can just say it's really cool. Okay, or yeah, I didn't like it. It's the bit where the game's stuck and it's like uh, could we not? And then the thing happens and then things fall apart generally. Did you get, did you get much excited, did you? I did. I loved it. I was like, um, we need more spoiled. of that. I've not finished it yet. I haven't had the chance to sit down on my own and finish it. It's a good telly, man. It's a good telly, but we're not going to spoil it. The last two episodes to go. 
Well, Mando season three comes out in March, so we're not far off that either. It's That'll get watched cool. quicker because my wife likes that too. Yeah. Because it's got cute things in it that you can buy in the shops. I mean, she likes Star Wars usually, so she just yeah. didn't like Andor. She found it quite um, a slow start, I think. I saw an interesting interview with um, Andrew, Andy Circus, the guy who plays the, the gang leader in the, the prison episodes in Andor. Yeah. Um, and he said that the prison, um, he said that the prison set was because it was pure white with metal floors, and they were on set for days at a time, for hours and hours and hours at a time. They spent the entire time staring at these white walls, standing on these cold steel floors, wearing white paper suits. And he said it was weird because they were totally desensitized by the entire thing, and it was like the freakiest thing they ever he'd ever experienced as an actor, because he actually started to feel like weirdly oppressed by just the environment that they put him in as an actor. I was like, wow, yeah, it would have been pretty freaky. Don't well, like it. Realistic, then, at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very, very good TV. Anyway, we should stop talking about it before we accidentally spoil things. Um, I will just touch on Ben's uh, Mando point. Uh, Yaz got me a Christmas card where it's in, pretty much a nativity scene. With angels and stuff, it says "born a child is," and they're all and they're holding Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim's just said Andy Circus, the first actor to play two main characters, one being uh, that guy from Andor, and the other one Snoke. Was he Snoke? Was he? He was Snoke. Uh, there we go. Yeah, you're I right. was for some reason in my head. I always think he played Darth Maul, and then like, no, he didn't. That's Ray Park. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I don't know why. Ray it's Park. just like. In my head, I think it's the same actor. When I look at him, I go, no, it's not him. Well, Ray Park is the physical actor for Maul, but the voice actor for Maul is... Peter Sarabinowitz. Yeah. Um, And then it's cool in the last season of Clone Wars where Ahsoka and Maul fight because they get the two physical actors in to do the motion capture for the lightsaber fights. So it's not just animated. So the Maul lightsaber fight has got pure Ray Park moves in it, like from The Phantom Menace, <laughs> which is pretty sweet. Um, it's one of my favourite fights, I think, in Star Wars. I watched it, and there's just movement to you, like, that can't be real. And then I saw it was motion captured, and then I saw the footage of that, and I was like, okay, this is insane. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Uh, so, yeah, uh, strong strong recommend to go and watch that lightsaber scene before you start going and doing lightsaber battles for real or whatever. Um <laughs> So um, cool. All right. Um, I think we're going to cut it there tonight. I know it's a bit of a shorter one, but we haven't really had any new content to to talk about. We've talked about lists a bit, but um, we'll probably talk a little bit more about what we've been using next week. We're still not with Hot Shots 2 in hand um, in, in Element Games. Um, we've all got pre-orders in and we're just waiting for stock to land. So um, <laughs> they've told us it'll hopefully be here next week. Um, so in the interim, we're all just proxying everything um, because, you know, we know what the ships do and we've already got the base cards and the dials for those ships. So um, we're just having a bit of a go. So maybe next week we'll we'll have played a little bit more with some of the Hot Shots 2 pilots. We'll be able to talk through our findings for that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm planning on playing some new ships tomorrow. Yeah, me too. I've been uh, I've been mainlining Poe and a Falcon, to be honest. But <laughs> have um, you been finding it? Oh, it's great fun. 
Um, he, he does he does all of the things that Flyboy Poe does with regards hiding and being difficult to kill off, but he can shoot at you while he's running away, which Flyboy <laughs> Poe can't. So he, you turn on him, he can barrel roll into a boost, he can yeet over obstacles, and it's it's one of those ships where you have to make a concerted effort to kill him, and then if you don't kill him the time that you get him, then you'll never see him again because he's just gone. Um, because his ability is so powerful. Because um, every turn he can just ignore a rock and then boost away. Um, and if you don't turn on him for one turn, he gets both of his charges back. And suddenly he's able to do weird double repositions and all sorts of stuff. It's absolutely crazy. So I've played like three games with him and he's been kind of the star piece in, in all of them. So uh, yeah, he's, he's great fun. Um, same with Lando as well, to be honest with you. I played one game with Lando and it didn't go well, but I spent the entire time going, wait, and I can just do this with Lando. Oh, my goodness, that's busted. Um, but okay. Um, so he's, he's right at eight points, but it's it's a bit broken, and there's probably something truly degenerate in Rebels being powered by Lando, which is probably why Tierney's actually a good thing, because the threat of a Tierney just coming in and ruining your carefully synchronized um, Alpha Strike is, uh, is real. So it's a necessary evil. Yeah. I did um I did see an an interesting conversation. Um I think it was over the Sith Takers chat over the weekend that basically said that there's no difference between Tierney stopping you from token sharing as an oppressive negative play experience and you being able to put some tokens on the table and use them by whoever. Um because it's like a tanny mind link was. It's it's you can't play around it. You basically have this ship or this group of ships who always have access to tokens. You can't fly well to, you know, negate their ability to use tokens because they've always got some. Um, and that's basically rebels and to a lesser extent resistance because they tend to be powered by abilities that aren't token based. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's that, kind that of... was me and uh, David Sutcliffe. That was yeah, it was basically we came to the you conclusion agreed with where, each other. Yeah. <laughs> I know, which is rare, but we came to the conclusion it's one is directly oppressive and the other one is indirectly impre- uh, indirectly oppressive. So it's different yeah. journeys, but you get the same end result. It feels okay playing with and against token sharing, as long as they're not token sharing alpha striking you off the table. Like if you shoot, you just go, right, well, there's a focus there, so I just have to make a decision about which ship I'm going to shoot because they've both got a focus token. Um, but when you play against a list that doesn't have you uh, token sharing, you, you get to make active choices on target priority. You say, well, he doesn't have a token, so I'm going to shoot at him, and that increases my likelihood of pushing damage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I get the conversation. Um I think Tierney, like Sloan, is in a design space that shouldn't exist. But then I think perfect information, token sharing at I6 or better is um, probably not great design space either. Um, That's why I think Lando is broken. Um, And he's only being reined in by the fact he's eight points. And that massively limits what you can put with him. But you stick enough powerful ships down on the same table as Lando and realize you know what ships can do with unlimited free actions basically it's mm. um, it's a bit scary so anyway there we go okay um liam 
Have you any last minute shout outs or anything that you you've just remembered you want to talk about? Uh, no, no last minute shout outs. Uh, but I will give you a heads up now that the next week's podcast I'll have an actual X Wing related question. Ooh, promise. Promise. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Remind me though, please. <laughs> just beforehand, so you can go yeah. and get it off your phone. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, have you anything, Ben? Um, no. Okay. Um, and I just want to mention briefly Dwight Lindsay from Canada, from Star Wars Gaming in Durham, um, who sent us through a bunch of... He got a bunch of cards made by um, Vector Squadron, Mike Upton, one of the Sith Takers, and he sent us through a bunch um, to say thank you for pointing him at Mike. So I was a bit like, oh, okay. So we've sent him some stuff back um, and promised that we'll do a shout-out for him, and I forgot last week. So I remembered this week. So Dwight Lindsay from Star Wars Gaming in Durham, Canada, not the northeast of England. Um, thank you very much for the cards. They will be on the bounty table at the Sith Taker Open uh, for people to win them. So they're very cool. Um, it's um, Dooku and a couple of other separatist things. So they're movie Ooh. shots, movie stills. So they're very cool. Um, cool. Uh, on that note, then, I'm just going to say it's a goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Goodbye from Ben. Bye. And goodbye from me. Catch you next week. <laughs>